The old adage goes, you are what you eat. In our post-pandemic world, taking our health seriously has never been more important. My guest today, Sherry Strong, is a chef, a food philosopher and nutritionist who has experience speaking and educating all over the world. She joins us today to talk about toxins. Unfortunately, they are everywhere. What can we do about it? Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. Well, Sherry Strong, it is so good to have you on Return to Reason today. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm so delighted to be on your program. I love the name of your program, Return to Reason. Absolutely. That, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel, too. We, in a time that feels like reason is just lost, gone, um, that's the very nature of this show is to bring topics up, to talk about them, to let truth rise to the top, to let people think for themselves. Uh, it just seems like a foreign thing nowadays is truth and conversation. So, so I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, um, you've got quite a vast uh, knowledge when it comes to nutrition, vaccines, children, how, how, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. What is it that like, what, what started all this for you and, and give us a little bit of your backstory. So my background, I was a celebrity chef nutritionist in Australia long before the whole kind of, you know, celebrity chef thing got like mainstream. And um, so I've been an advocate for us returning to eating real food. In fact, I called my book Return to Food, (laughs) which is uh, a little bit narcissistic while I like Return to Reason. (laughs) But that title was, was actually, I stole that title from Return to Love because I see returning to food and reason are all forms of returning to love and wisdom. And so what I noticed, I was the Victorian Chair of Nutrition Australia. I sat on boards that consulted to the Australian government on public health policy, um, was the curator and co-founder of the World Wellness Project. I was entrenched in the food and nutrition industry. And because of that, I got to see how corrupt it was. Wow. So when COVID hit, I saw all the same patterns. I knew right away that um, the government does not care about your health like from sitting on boards (laughs) consulting to the australian government on public health policy i knew that um yeah people in in the government they want to be seen to care about your health but really the people are not their bosses it's corporations and companies and industry that are their bosses who they're there to please so um i i became a professional speaker i developed philosophies that help people relate to food their body and the planet in a much more natural and holistic way which is really at odds with how our world is working right now mm-hmm. and when COVID hit i'd finally i'd been back in canada for um 11 years well, sorry eight years at that time and um, my, I returned to speaking on, you know, national stages, international stages, and that was killed overnight. Yeah. So I was um, scrambling, looking for, you know, what do I do? My, my main source of income that I'd spent decades de- developing was gone. And I also had this other piece that I could see what was happening. I knew that immediately that speaking out would kill that career as I knew it for sure, even, you know, once the restrictions ended. But I also knew I couldn't not speak and and tell people what was going on. And because of my position, I had lots of people feeding me information that they weren't willing to speak out publicly. So I had verification from the highest, you know, from people who were on boards of pharma companies who were saying that they're not taking it because they knew that it hadn't gone through proper phase three trials. And this one board member who's a doctor and a scientist, 
refused to take it because she knew that any one of the shots would bring back her cancer and kill her. So, so I was getting information like this and I, I couldn't not share it with the world. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because now as the mandates, you know, kind of, you know, dissipated and um, people aren't as alarmed or concerned, I, I have a heightened sense of concern because I truly believe, that, you know, as the Alberta Provincial Director for Children's Health Defense, they are coming after our children because they've been coming after our children for decades. They've been coming at them with the food, with vaccines, with, you know, highly toxic, you know, substances in them, um, with the education. There's literally on every single level, our children are being attacked. And I've come back to my work as far as, you know, helping people with their health, because what I've learned through all of this is that if we don't have our foundation right, the basics of our body right, our brain right, like really being nourished and removing the toxic substances that are coming from air, land, water, you know, sea and soil everywhere and in our food, that if we don't get that out of our body, we are weakened, you know, we're dumbed down and we're compromised and we're much more easily overcome. So kind of that's where I've come a full circle wow. is I'm not, I'm not on international stages right now. I'm working really locally with people and speaking and running my workshops locally, wherever people will have me. I'm fascinated by what you said when you said you saw the same patterns, because the food industry has always perplexed me. When you look at the food pyramid alone for North America, you're going, it doesn't take much of a brain to realize that this is not a wise way to build your, your diet with it, what they're recommending. Um, although a lot of people maybe don't think that. Uh, mm -hmm. So when you say, I, I would love to unpack why it is that you can say such a bold statement because um, I don't think you're wrong, but I would hesitate to say that because I can't back it up. Mm. Uh, why is it that you think the food industry is kind of crooked? And so is it the pursuit of money and just profits or what, what would it be? Well, I think the, the pursuit of money and profits and status and all those things are how, how the industry works to get people to buy into that system. I believe that there's a, a much higher agenda to dumb down humanity, weaken us and control us. And the food systems are a really good way of doing it. Uh, because once you denature the food, once you poison the food, I, it, it impacts every part of our body. Yeah. And the best way to find out is to, to clean out all of those, you know, toxic substances and actually start to get real nourishment into our food. And I'll tell you as someone who's been a passionate person, you know, going to farmer's markets for four decades now, actually three decades now, um, that depending on where you are in the world, our food is massively denatured in North America and they're doing it to everything. So there literally isn't an aspect of our food that isn't being manipulated right now, isn't being um, denatured. So nutrients removed or cooked out um, and toxins and chemicals put in or drugs now, antibiotics they're putting in our food. And now they're, you know, they're working on putting the mRNA technology into food. Why? That's why I always come back to yeah. why. Because the thing is, yeah. though, is let's pretend I'm the guy at the top controlling everything and I want the ultimate. Like, let's say, let's pretend I'm good or evil or whatever you want to call me and I want the power. Yeah. If you make everybody so sick and dying, you have no one to control. So is yeah. it is it in their interest to make everybody sick and die or dumb or like, or? Yeah. It, that's why I'm wondering why. Bill Maher did a farmer rant. 
format. Okay. And in that rant where he talks about all the sicknesses that really come about from the food and the toxins that we're taking in, he says, we're no good to them dead. <laughs> we're no good to them healthy and alive. It's that in-between stage where we can make stacks of cash on you. So that's the financial piece. But I believe there's a much bigger kind of higher view situation going on in us actually selling out our soul, us actually doing things that go against our our gut intuition, you know, our, you know, that connection to source, yeah. it's about cutting off that connection. And that connection can be cut off with substances, with toxins, and by making decisions that go against yourself. So this is, it's going to seem like a, a diversion, but I'll, I'll bring it back. Um, I interviewed a psychologist who deals with pedophiles. He, he's a psychotherapist who actually treats uh, pedophiles and pedophile victims. Mm -hmm. And he told me that it's the biggest misconception at which I had was that um, pedophiles were victims themselves. And he said, the number one determinant of whether you're going to be a pedophile is watching porn. And so what happens with the porn addiction is that um, just like sugar, if you have this much tomorrow, it's going to take this much to give you the same kind of high you got yesterday. So they, they degrade into, you know, more sadistic and horrible forms of porn. And he said, by the time, you know, they um, are become a pedophile, they have, you know, basically they're down to necrophilia and bestiality. I understand that there's, there's, there's probably a very large audience of people who do watch porn. So would you, would they be predisposed then? Like, because not every one of them would turn into that. Not everyone, but here's the thing. And, and the analogy I'm going to make is that when, when we're watching that, we are going against our nature. There, there's something about us that knows. It's giving our body a high like a drug. Yep. Just like when we take a drug like cocaine, we know this is not a nutrient for the body. <laughs> when we're watching programming that is destructive, you know, we know it's not good for our psyche. When we're eating foods you know, that are genetically modified and have sugar and give us drug like rushes. We know on a, on a soul level that Absolutely. this is not actually nourishing our body. But, but what happens as humans is in our addiction, we betray our soul and our knowing so much that it becomes the norm. And we have to do even more of that drug or that addictive behavior. It, it escalates. That's the nature of us with humans. Sure. And we're seeing the same thing with phones and in, and social media. And there's yeah, exactly, exactly. And all of that is designed to weaken us and get us to betray our own knowing and our connection to source God, however you wish to, yep. you know, to say it. I, and that's what I actually believe. I believe that when we actually eat according to how our creator wants us to eat, mm -hmm. we become closer to our creator. For and sure. the further we deviate from that, deviate from that, the further away, it, the, the harder it is to make that connection. So one of the things that you obviously you mentioned before as well is vaccines. Now, I'm hesitant to sometimes talk about this because whenever we make a show about this, it gets flagged yeah. Um, yeah. and blocked and restricted and all sorts. But anytime I see something that is flagged or restricted, I go, <laughs> I need to click on that and find out why. What, what is going on? What are they trying to hide from me that I should probably know? When it comes to vaccines you, you, and health and, and wellness and children, what is it that we need to be maybe watchful of when it comes to vaccines? Now, although I have a stance on this, I do understand that there's people who are on both sides. Like they yeah. clearly believe in it and some 
clearly believe against it. And there's some who are just in the middle ground. So I try yeah. to always pertain to those realizing there's sometimes ignorance, sometimes there's bias on both sides. So what yeah. would you say to our audience who has no idea what they're talking about when it comes to children vaccines? Right. So I'll, I'll go to the interview I did with Dr. Eric Payne. Eric Payne. And who was very pro pro vaccine before all of this started, recommended it, thought that people who didn't do it were ignorant of the science. Yes. And I said to him, so when you held that view, how much research had you done into vaccines? And he said, well, actually zero. I just trusted what my professors told me. Wow. And so, wow, is that ever the case though? I, I find that that's the case a lot of the times when I have conversations or debates. Yeah. And and that's that's how that industry is built, being built up is you trust those people. I don't need to go into it because they're scientists and there's all those kinds of people who have who have actually done that research. So I'll just trust what they have to say. And it's like it's like religion yeah. in that if you question the basic tenets of a religion, you're ostracized. You're, yeah, you're not actually allowed to question, which is anti-science. Yeah. And I always say that anyone who's, you know, um, not anti-vax is just someone who hasn't done enough research. And, and for me, the interesting thing is, is that I've interviewed now over 100 doctors, scientists, nurses, you know, victims of, of these injections and things like that. Um, and I'm starting to see people who were very pro start to do their research and get educated and their eyes are opening there like they have no idea. You know, my last um, professional engagement before COVID hit it was to a nursing college on Vancouver Island. And it was the, you know, the heads of the department were there and they invited a retired doctor. And after my presentation, I wasn't talking about jabs, but I was talking about food. Mm-hmm. And he, he, his head was down and he, and I said, well, what's going on? He, he was so dejected because he said everything I've been telling my patients was a lie, like was was not based on science. It was just based on hearsay and me believing what the studies said. And and as a nutritionist, someone who's, you know, people, you know, people like Brett Wilson, Theo Fleury have actually hired me to help them reverse Crohn's, you know, cancer, lifestyle diseases. The reason I was mentioning those names is I've actually worked with high net worth individuals to work with them and literally revamp, do a lifestyle makeover, educate their families, educate their employees, everything, go and do educational classes, only to have them defer to their doctor, not not the case in these two people's, uh, the people I mentioned, to defer to their doctor or nurse on nutritional advice because the doctor and the nurse gave them advice of what they wanted to hear. And I said, well, do you get nutritional advice from your mechanic as well? Because doctors and nurses don't study nutrition. Right. And and the education that they do get, just like with the, the vaccines, the education they get is on the schedule. Yeah. It's not about the ingredients or the, you know, the effects of the ingredients. When you start to talk to scientists who have actually studied the effect and impact of these toxic ingredients included in all of these injections, um, and it's not just vaccines, it's uh, antibiotics. My mother was permanently disabled. She went into heart, kidney and liver failure from a fluoroquinolone antibiotic. So we're seeing a lot of injuries from these mRNA um, injections are very similar to a lot of the people who have, you know, fluoroquinolone um, disabilities, injuries and death. You're right. Well, like there, there, there's drug education, but not nutrition education. And, and when you have when I have these conversations, I've, I've had debates with doctors. Um, I've had a very heated one about my children with a doctor to which eventually it calmed right down. And I eventually looked and said, look, I get what you're giving me your opinion because you care. 
right? Mm -hmm. yes. yes, I'm going, and I'm arguing because I care. <laughs> and so we found that common ground. And I find that that's almost the technique I'll use sometimes if we're arguing, because you just realize you both go, okay, we're going from a position of caring, but yes. one of us is ignorant and we need to find out who. <laughs> and, uh, and so eventually she said, well, I'll give you all this paperwork. And I said, I'll only accept that if you accept my paperwork too. And so she finally, she said, fine. And we actually traded numbers and emails and began to go back and forth. And, uh, uh, it was very interesting and it never, we never fit officially continued to, I actually would love to continue to, to figure out what happened there and where she went, but it was actually a grounded conversation. But what I found, if I'm being brutally honest, was a lot of ignorance from her. There's yeah. so many things she didn't understand or know. And what they're often used to doing is, um, uh, reiterating marketing slogans and, yeah. and verbiage that, that literally is it's marketing. Like we know that safe and effective is a marketing term. It's, it's not grounded in science with regard to these injections for certain. The other thing that I just want to mention about that doctor, she cares about your child and you care about your child, but she does not care about your child as much as you do. And if something goes wrong with your child, she's not going to be, you know, nursing it through um, chronic conditions or worse things like autism and things like that. So your obligation of care, much greater, you're way more invested. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's a very wise point. Um, on that same time, when I was in the hospital there for, for a number of days there, one of the things that I ended up going and doing was um, because I was not progressing or improving in the hospital. I was there for 10 days and they test after test, blood taken every day. I finally put my foot down and said, can someone give me some vitamins? I've had seven vials of blood taken for 10 days straight. Can someone give me some iron, please, anything? And they were, it was, it was like pulling teeth to try to get some of these. Eventually they gave me some vitamins. Um, and then eventually I asked, I said, you know what? I'd like to go get some intravenous vitamins. I had a naturopath doctor here we wanted to go for, and they nearly threatened to not check me back in. And so I asked for the doctor. The doctor came and we had a bit of a debate. Yeah. And I went, what, what is the problem? And he was saying, well, it's just expensive urine. I'm going, well, then let me pay for expensive urine if that's your yeah. opinion and let me come back in. What's the problem? Yeah. And sure enough, I had a massive improvement after the first treatment, massive improvement. I did three days and I checked myself out and I was fine. Like, yeah. Well, don't don't get me started, Jeremy, about hospitals. I've just spent seven weeks with my father in in the hospital and trying to protect him from a medical system where they said they had duty of care. I said, you have duty of care. I actually care for my father. Yeah. Your your duty of care is protecting your butt from legal. And I don't think yeah. every nurse or doctor is out to get it. Not at all. But I do think there's 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 ignorance sometimes in the system. And, and we just have to bring the conversation to the top. We have to talk about why. Why are you recommending this care? Do you fully know the reason why? What is the drug interactions? Like as a, as a person who's being my loved ones being taken care of, I just want to know all the reasons why and what you think. And let me think freely instead of pressuring me or or putting all of this intense uh, pressure on me, I guess, just the best way to say it. So I'm not like, I, I go to hospitals, I go to doctors, but I, I do question pretty much everything <laughs> in order to come to a logical explanation as to why we're going to go about this road, this route. And just to be clear, we were moved to the point of tears with the care, you know, from many of the people, I'd say most of the people, we were also frightened by some people's um, biases and how that might actually impact my father's health and and literally life-threatening things that they wanted to do that we we said no and they you know tried to scare us into into doing the questioning piece is is the most important piece but also understanding yeah. like for someone like myself i have a lot more knowledge than any of those doctors on the nutritional piece yeah. on my dad's nutrition and in fact the dietitian. 
My father was eight weeks without solid food. So just, just IV. Um, and we blocked the insurers and things like that. But his first day back after his surgery, ostomy surgery, this is a man who hasn't eaten for eight weeks. Their breakfast was porridge with Smucker's jam, margarine, an egg salad sandwich for lunch and macaroni and cheese for dinner with one of those fake puddings and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And I had asked for no trays. And when I confronted the dietitian and said, why would you give this to someone who's literally refeeding and he's emaciated, he's, you know, got a starving body's frame. And she said, oh, well, sometimes the chefs just go against and they just give whatever. So the disconnect of her not even understanding refeeding and the significance of my father, you know, so for sorry for my ignorance, but what would you recommend to start in that scenario? Like is like, yeah, well, so so juices and smoothies just to start off with. So my dad has a you know colostomy bag now, so that would you know solve the fiber issue, um, but just pure nutrition. So, and here's here's the thing to understand about what's happening in hospital foods. There are no chefs there. There are people who open packets. <laughs> and boxes and put things on trays and put them into warmers but they don't cut vegetables there you know they don't cut fruit there you know um and those foods that are in there are all basically decided based on cost the nutrients are very much secondary and not understanding the impact of gmos all of that food stack full of gmos so genetically modified organisms you know, um, that are also exposed to toxic chemicals like glyphosate, you know, that food is, it's just embedded in almost everything that was on those trays that was coming in. And when a body is, is, you know, super frail and fragile, you want to slowly bring back nutrition, but real nourishment, real nutrients that the body is designed to actually assimilate and use to heal and solve all the problems, you know, that that human body is designed to heal. Absolutely. And um, is like, is there any, anything on the front when it comes to the medical field and nutrition? Like, is there any change being brought any? Not in hospitals, not for sure. No. And, and here's the thing that's, it's so important for people to understand is doctors are not trained in nutrition at the best schools. They might get six hours of nutrition. I teach a four hour seminar in nutrition and, you know, I can just touch on the surface of what people need to know in four hours and give them the basics and the foundations. And that's why I teach philosophically to help people understand how the human species is meant to eat. Like it's encoded in our DNA and our soul. We have a knowing we need to reconnect with that. The six hours of education, a doctor or a nurse gets at the most um, is super superficial. It's, it's like the same thing that they would get for the vaccine schedule. They would, they would understand how the schedule works. Um, but they would not understand and be able to comprehend in a way that, again, they could then teach their patient. And that's to me, you know, Einstein said that, you know, for some someone who's really in, intelligent can teach incredibly complex things in simple ideas. Mm -hmm. I once, um, when my mom was hospitalized for that antibiotic poisoning, uh, there was a woman who was admitted into the hospital because she broke her leg in a diabetes induced coma. She fell fell into a coma. She's in the hospital with a broken leg because of diabetes. Her family comes in and brings a tray of Tim Hortons donuts to put at the end of her bed to her for her to snack on through her hospital visit. 
And the doctor comes in and, you know, sees this and she starts to explain what this woman needs. And she's speaking in jargon of complex carbohydrates and, you know, nutritional jargon. And you could see the family's eyes just kind of glaze over, like, I don't know what, what she's talking about or what she means. And so we need to actually really have a basic understanding of how did we in nature, like, I, I believe in God, I believe in a creator, I believe that, you know, we have an earth, you know, that was designed with many gifts to nourish, energize and protect our bodies to help us heal. And I also believe that we were given an understanding and the tools of the hierarchy of how things work in nature, how we can nourish ourselves optimally in nature. We, there's plenty of information just by looking at nature and understanding nature. But the more we dumb down our food, our entertainment, our education, <laughs> even our relationships to be able to speak with one another, the more disconnected we are from that innate knowledge that is designed to actually protect us. One of the things that I, um, that I find, because like, because of the, I guess, breakthrough I had, I guess you could call it, I started to dive deep into all this. And so I find when I do talk to people about all these sorts of things, they just go, whoa, oh gosh. Um, and so I, I, I try to sometimes like bring it down to layman's terms and just go like, Hey, like just the basics. Um, yeah. but where would you suggest people maybe should start? Well, um, I, I did a video called nature's principle and when I, I I'll, I'll give you the kind of little bit backstory. When I was the Victorian chair of Nutrition Australia, I found that most people were confused and professionals were just as confused as the layperson. only they just, their egos wouldn't allow them to admit it. So I would walk in nature and ask for guidance. I need to learn how to teach people in a way that they're gonna understand. And I, I believe I got downloads. I will call the philosophies I teach brilliant because I don't, don't, and I can say that without being narcissistic because I believe they came through me. They were gifted to me like a child to look after and nature's principle is nature tells us what to eat and the quantities to eat it and by how easily it's obtained in nature. So that which is most abundant, air, water, you know, vegetation, there's a hierarchy. Air's everywhere. Water's 70% of the planet. Vegetation, you know, covers most of the planet of where humans really want to live, right? So that which is most abundant, we're most meant to have most of. Harder to obtain in nature, we require less of them. And nature gives us stronger physiological desires to work harder for them. And that's why there's no obesity in nature is because all that, you know, heavy, rich, rich food requires a lot of resources by humans and the planet to create. Um, and the last area is, is if you cannot get it in nature, not only do we need it, it's harmful to the body and the planet. So nature's principle, if you can understand that concept, I can tell you that thousands of people have said that it's literally changed their life and their relationship with food. What would you say about parents? Like I have three kids. Mm. Sometimes I find, and I'm going to be guilty here, is a, bo a box of cereal is just so easy sometimes. And you're just going, oh, what would you recommend to parents for proper nutrition, especially as they're aging and growing? I, I would say that this is important for everyone. Uh, the number one thing for a parent to do, you know this already, is to model the behavior you, you want your children to have. And do you want your children taking the easy, convenient way out of life? Or do you want them to be strong, smart, powerful, you know? Um, so that's the choice you're making with every single meal. Do I want to be weak or do I want to be strong? Do I want to make strong choices for a strong life or do I just want to give in to what is the easiest? If you have to wake up 15 minutes earlier to put some oats on, isn't that worth it, right? Yeah, exactly. If, you know, um, if you guys have to stay up as a family and make lunches together, yeah. you know, so your kids are actually being nourished at school instead of, you know, drugged. 
isn't it worth it? Yeah. You know, these are the things that we've, we've deferred to television and entertainment and gaming, all those kinds of things. And we've forgotten the basics. And your, your sacred mission is to take care of those children and, and do the best thing by them. And yeah, yeah it's hard, yeah. but right. there's a seduction of easy right now that's weakening us. Yeah, but do you have anywhere people can go to to get to direct them? Help yeah, them? so I have lots of videos um, on YouTube, Sherry Strong, if you Google Sherry Strong or Sweet Freedom Life um, on YouTube, I have two different channels. There's um, Return to Food is a book I wrote. I have a site called Return to Food. Um, and I have a, a supplement line called Living Immunity where there is some education there. Uh, so those are probably the best places to actually go to, to um, understand the, the philosophical kind of, and there's recipes, you know, there's, there's lots of um, tips and tools and tricks. Well, Sherry, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface with you. I feel like we could do a couple more episodes, but I want to say thank you for joining us, Sherry. My pleasure. You are an essential part of this series. Support truth, knowledge, and wisdom by sharing this show with a friend. Visit returntoreason.tv. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter by clicking Become an Insider. Get the latest articles, episodes, and exclusive content. It's Return to Reason.